Yo, yo, what is up, what is up? You are listening to the NBA Big Board Podcast, and this is your host, Rafael Barla, reporting to you live from Omaha, Nebraska. And in this episode, oh, you probably wonder why I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. It is my hometown. I am at home. I am visiting my parents, and I have a wedding this weekend. So, no, I'm not actually working or, or scouting or, or doing anything at Creighton. But in this video, I'm going to give you a little bit of a breakdown of who are the best shooters in the 2022 NBA draft class. Stay tuned. All right, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And uh, I just wanted to tell you that I, I really appreciate it. I'm just thankful for, for this opportunity and just thankful for each and every listener. All right, so let's talk about the top shooters in this class. So when you think about the top shooter in this class, the name Jabari Smith probably comes to mind. And Jabari Smith could end up being the first overall pick. So what I did is I broke down some guys. I don't even know if I'm going to have time to get through everyone. But as far as shooting it's something that is very very valuable in today's nba every team needs floor spacing and with this draft class i mean you have guys that can shoot the ball from all over the floor so you have fives that can stretch the floor you have point guards that can shoot you have wings so i'm just going to break down some of the guys that i feel are first round or potentially first round picks and just kind of do a little bit of a deep dive into the numbers like I said, Jabari Smith, some think he is the best shooter overall. I've even heard a scout say that he believes Jabari Smith is a generational shooter at his size. And I, I think that he could end up being the first pick overall in the draft. Now, if it were up to me, I would take Paolo Bancaro number one. But more than likely, it is going to be either Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren. And, I, and I'll get to Chet in a second. But for Jabari Smith, he shot... 42% from three on 6.9 attempts per game. That is a very, very high amount of temp, uh, attempts per game. But overall, if you look at the numbers and do a deep dive, he shot 40% on jump shots overall, which is pretty good. And then he also shot 53.7% if you add in the adjusted field goal percentage. And so for those that don't know, the adjusted field goal percentage measures the weight of three-pointers and as far as like in field goal percentage. Now, on catch-and-shoot opportunities, which is something that he's very good at, he shot 41.4%, which ranked in the top 84 percentile in the country. So, whatever team that he goes to, I think he's going to provide immediate floor spacing. And then if Orlando ends up with the number one pick, it's something that they needed. They ranked near the bottom of the league in three-point shooting. So, I think he can provide immediate, immediate help and value there. But if Jabari Smith isn't your top three-point shooter, then you probably have A.J. Griffin as the top three-point shooter in this class. And Griffin shot 44.7% from three. And his numbers across the board from the, jump, from the perspective of a jump shot is pretty incredible. 45% overall on jump shots. Shot 63.6% if you include the adjusted field goal percentage. He was 45.7% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. And when he was left unguarded, he shot 51%. So he made over half of his unguarded catch-and-shoot attempts. And then even off the dribble, he shot 45%. So based off of the numbers and the volume, 
you can make a strong case and say that A.J. Griffin is the top shooter in this draft class. Now, A.J. Griffin is likely a top seven pick, depending on the medicals. If his medical records check out, and this is something that I've talked about probably a hundred times since the beginning of the season. But if his medical records check out, he could end up as high as number four. I even think the fit to Sacramento would be a good pick. I mean, the Kings have the fourth pick. And even if he is available and the records check out, I think it would be a good pick for Sacramento simply because with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, you have your two guys that are your your cornerstones and then around them they need floor spacing and they gave up two of their best shooters and Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hield in the Sabonis trade so outside shooting is something that I think the Kings should prioritize this season especially if you consider that they haven't made the playoffs in 16 years 16 years that's the last time they made the playoffs and I think Griffin can help but I also think that Griffin has more to his game than just being a an, an outside shooter. I think that because he got off to a, a slow start this season with the injuries, he kind of settled into a role as a three point shooter. So I think that would be a good fit for Sacramento if he is if they, if they want to go in that route. I mean, right now it looks like they may go with like Jaden Ivy. I've even seen Shaden Sharp as as an option. But like I said, you can make a case and say AJ Griffin is the best shooter in this class. All right, another guy that is highly touted. I mean, he's probably going to go no lower than number three, but more than likely in the top two is Chet Holmgren. Now, on paper, if you look at Holmgren's numbers, he shot 39% from three, but only on three attempts per game. So it's not a crazy volume, but if you dig deeper into into the numbers in the half court, he shot 36% on jump shots, which is... I mean, it's pretty good considering he's a seven-footer, but comparing him to Jabari Smith and A.J. Griffin, it's significantly lower. But here is what is concerning to me. He only shot 33% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. Now, again, I know he's 19 years old, and I know the jumper is probably one of the easiest things to work on and improve, but Chet did the majority of his damage as a shooter in transition. So you, you figure out... If you figure he shot 39% from three, but overall in the half court, he was only 36% on jump shots and 33% on catch and shoot opportunities. You can do the math and, and, and figure out that he was lights out in transition. So if you are someone that is concerned about Chet's offense, then you are going to wonder how does he score in the half court? Is he going to score especially with the jump shot, is he going to have to go to a team that plays in the West? Because if he's in the East and it is a, you know, like a a slower pace, then he may not be as effective. And another player that is actually pretty similar is Benedict Matherin. Matherin is the wing from Arizona. Now he shot 36.9% from three on six attempts per game. And overall for his career, which, you know, is a pretty good sample size of 256 career attempts, he shot 38%. He had a 41% um, shooting percentage as a freshman. But in the half court, his numbers were down to 33% on jump shots. He was only 32.7% in the half court and catch and shoot opportunities. And this is very concerning. He only made 26.2% of his unguarded catch and shoot jump shots. And when I spoke with a scout, and this is actually on NBABigBoard.com on my mock draft, a scout mentioned 
that he felt like Matherin is at his best in in like a wide open transition style offense. He believes that Matherin is going to really struggle in a slower pace and in a half court offense. And one of the games that he mentioned was the game against Houston in the NCAA tournament where the pace was a little bit slower. And he said that Houston made him think and and he felt like Matherin struggled in that game. So Benedict Matherin, again, he is labeled as a three and D shooter. And Chet is a guy that many feel like is a great shooter. But there are some red flags if you do a, a deep dive into their attempts. All right. When we return, I'll talk about a few more guys. But I want to talk to you about this new built bar granola. And we've been asking built bar and they have delivered built bar. Granola bars are here. Built bar granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors you got chocolate peanut butter chocolate coconut and white chocolate berry i've never even heard of white chocolate berry but built bar has made white chocolate berry a flavor for their granola bars and if you want to try all three flavors you can get a mixed box at built.com right now there are so many different bars and puffs built granola bars are loaded with granola it's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness but just like the bars and the puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 50 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. And Built Bar has cracked the code with better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or just eat as a snack. And they're made with collagen protein, with which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now and get the Built Granola Bars. They have three delicious flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. Get yours today. Go to Built.com. And get the built granola bars. Go to built.com and if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off at built.com. All right, the next player that I want to talk about is Ochai Akbaji from the defending national champion Kansas Jayhawks. And Akbaji is someone that flirted with the draft last year, came back. As a senior, and one of my first articles that I wrote on NBABigBoard.com, check it out, uh, it's, I guess, a shameless plug, was I thought Agbaji could be this year's Desmond Bang. Now, there is a chance that he ends up going in the mid-first round, maybe even late lottery. I don't know if he slides as far as Bang did at the, the back end of the draft, but even though Desmond Bang shot over 40% from three at TCU, there were some concerns about his age because he was a senior and then there were guys that were drafted ahead of him. So I felt like at one point Agbaji could be this year's Desmond Bang, but I think with Kansas winning the national title, I think that he could end up being selected higher than Bang. But who knows? I mean, this draft is, is pretty weird. But when I did a deep dive into Agbaji shooting, he shot 40.7% from three on six and a half attempts, 36% 
on jumpers overall in the half court, but this is where he was really, really effective, and that is on catch-and-shoot jumpers where he shot 42%, and he was consistent whether he had a hand in his face or whether he was unguarded. He shot 42% on guarded catch-and-shoots and 41% on unguarded catch-and-shoot jump shot attempt, which I think is perfect for his role in the NBA. I personally would like to see him slide in the draft, and I know I mean, that's usually like something that people think is crazy. But I think if he slides in the draft, he goes to a better team. And the better team he's on, the more open looks. And I think it's more suited for his role. So think if he falls to like in Milwaukee or, or, or Denver or one of these teams, like even like a Dallas, a team that needs wing shooting. And then he has the athleticism. So Akbaji is one of the top shooters in this draft. All right. Here's another guy that. This is someone that many people debate about or they have concerns about his shooting. And it is Kennedy Chandler, the point guard from Tennessee. I I like Chandler. I'm high on him. And he tested out as the player with the highest max vertical at the combine. He had like a 41 and a half inch max vertical jump. And he shot 38% from three on 3.8 attempts per game, which is a pretty healthy amount. Now, Overall, he only shot 34.8% on jump shots. But if you put him in a situation where he was catching and shooting, he shot 40.5% on catch and shoot jumpers. He shot 42.9% on unguarded catch and shoot jumpers. So even though he's a small point guard, he does have the ability to play off the ball, which I thought like Houston would have been a good fit for him. And if he's off the ball, he can knock down open jumpers. But here is the huge red flag. He's a point guard. And, you know, you want your point guard to be a great free throw shooter. And for whatever reasons, he only made 60% of his free throw attempts. So that's kind of scary in in late game situations. So if you're someone that believes free free throw percentage is the best indicator of a guy's shooting touch, then... His 60% free throws has to concern you a little bit. All right, Malachi Branham, who came out of nowhere in a sense. I mean, he was a highly regarded guy. I don't want to say he was like this mid-major guy, but he was someone that wasn't expected to be where he is today, which he is a potential lottery pick. And on paper, Branham could be the best shooter in this class outside of A.J. Griffin and Jabari Smith. He shot 41.6% from three. But only 2.8 attempts per game. But overall, when you look at the numbers, he shot 44.2% on jump shots, 43.5% on catch and shoot jumpers. And here is the big stat that is key, 43.6% on jump shots off the dribble. And this is all in the half court. Now, he reminds me of Chris Middleton. Kind of has just that old school game where you ever been to the Y and there's a guy that's playing and he's got on his sweats and he he, everything he does is efficient he's not using athleticism he's not jumping out the gym not wasting any movements he's just getting to his sweet spots with one or two dribbles and pulling up that is Malachi Branham and that's why he reminds me of Chris Middleton so overall if you just look at the percentages you can make a case and say he is the best shooter in this class with the concern is it's not necessarily a concern but it was only 2.8 attempts per game and of course I like many other scouts would love to see him shoot threes on or on more volume Dukes Wendell Moore and Moore was also very efficient on paper 
41.3% and 3.2 attempts per game from three. So just a little bit more than Malachi Branham, but the numbers on paper look good. 44% on jump shots in the half court. Shot 45.7% on catch and shoot jumpers when he was unguarded, 46%, 44% when he was guarded. And he also shot 40% on jumpers off the dribble. So if you are someone that is deep into the analytics and breaking down, you know, percentages, then Wendell Moore is a lock to be a first round pick, which I think, I mean, he's played well enough to earn that spot, but he could end up being someone that is drafted in the, the early 30s. You, you never know. I mean, this is just a a really, really interesting class. Another guy that shot the ball extremely well, but on a low volume of attempts is Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest. Now, LaRavia is, in my opinion, he's a first round pick. I think it's almost a certain now, especially when it came out that he was 20 years old as opposed to 22. I have no idea why they had the wrong age for him, but LaRavia shot 38% from three. 39.7% on catch and shoot jumpers, 39.7% on jump shots overall in the half court. And he was lights out when he left unguarded in catch and shoot situations. He shot 50%. The concern is he shot 29.4% on jumpers off the dribble, but it's not too big of a concern simply because I don't think that will be his role in the NBA. I see him as a guy that will just serve as a connector. And if you have a connector that can pass, rebound, and knock down open shots, then, I, again, I just don't really expect him to be someone that shoots a lot of jump shots off the dribble. Another guy that I think is a good shooter, but um, I don't think he's a great shooter, is Christian Brown. Now, on paper, he shot 38% from three, which he, he did it on 3.3 attempts per game, but he only shot 73% from the foul line. Now, luckily for him, he does other things well. He rebounds, he's a decent passer, and he is very athletic. So I don't know if you can just kind of put him in a box and just label him as a shooter, but I would like to see him get those numbers up a little bit more. Now, here's a guy that I really like, and even though the percentages aren't like eye-popping, Terquavion Smith. He shot 36.9% from three, but on eight attempts per game, now, when you do a dive into his numbers, you see that he is, is a pretty good shooter. It's just his shot selection is, I mean, his shot selection is crazy. I mean, his confidence, on one hand, his confidence allows him to be who he is. I mean, he is only 165 pounds, and he thinks he's the baddest man on the court. And his shot selection is, it's... It's not the best. I mean, it is directly related to his confidence and the confidence in the shot. But he is someone that when his feet are set and when he's catching and shooting and not shooting off the dribble, he is pretty accurate. So he shot a respectable 35.7% on jump shots, but he shot 40.7% on catch and shoot jumpers and a blistering 55.9% when he was unguarded. So I think Terquavion Smith in the right role could end up being one of the better shooters in this class. All right, I'll just round up a few more guys before I head out and let you get on to your weekend. Gabriel Prashida, the super athletic wing from Italy. I think he is one of the better shooters in this class. And he is similar to, to Terquavion as far as just his confidence. I mean, his this year he was he he played a bigger role, but the season before, I mean 
he had some crazy rate where the shots he was getting up per minute. This year he shot 38% from three on 2.3 attempts per game. And I think he's one of the better shooters in this class. And he he actually showed it at his pro day that he is a, a pretty good shooter. Now another guy that I think is a good shooter that did not have a good pro day is David Roddy from Colorado State. Now he shot 43.8% from three on 3.4 attempts per game. Now the free throw percentage was under 70, which can be a little bit concerning. Shooting is going to be the key for him. He already has a different body type at 6'6", 260 pounds, but I think the shooting is going to allow him to you know, maybe be like a stretch four. So he is someone that I think is one of the better shooters in this class. And then there is Jalen Williams, who was the big winner at the Combine. He shot 39.6% from three on 3.2 attempts per game. I mean, he was very efficient overall from the floor, 51% from the floor. Again, 39% from three, and he shot 80.9% from the foul line on four attempts per game. And some people may say, well, it was the West Coast Conference. I think he's a good shooter, and he shot the ball very well at the combine. So I think he's one of the top shooters in this class. And then the last player that I'll mention is one of my favorite players in this class. And he wasn't really considered a shooter at least not in my opinion, until this season. And it is Matteo Spaniolo from Italy. I've had a chance to talk with him quite a bit at the at the Combine. Shot 44% from three on 2.7 attempts per game. And also shot 86% from the foul line. So I think that he is a legitimate shooter that is not getting the, the, the credit or, or getting the consideration as a shooter. And I mean, he did this as a 19 year old playing in Italy's top division. And so I think that he is someone, probably one of the more underrated shooters in this class. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much for making the NBA Big Bird Podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. From the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals, the Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I'm Rafael Barlow. I just gave you a few of the top shooters in this class, and I am out.